Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals and the greater community. Welcome back, Sam Davies. Sam's a podiatrist and since the last time Sam was on an episode, a new dad to a beautiful little girl. So your life's been turned upside down. It has. It has. (laughs) It's not all about you anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, congratulations. That's really exciting news. Thank you very much, Pippa, and thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's, it's um, strange in your dad thing. I, you definitely go down the pecking order. Baby, <laughs> wife, dog. I was yeah. going to say, where, where do you and the dog fit in? Like, yeah, I'm just below the house plan, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, be fun. Enjoy it. Thank you. Um, so today we're going to talk about Sever's disease. Yes, yeah, it's um, it's coming more and more common, or we're definitely seeing more cases of it, um, definitely in the clinic, and so I thought it was great great spot to do and a great um, opportunity to do a podcast about it and dispel some of the um, beliefs about it and um, focus on management and how we can get through this time. Yeah, great. So what is it? Obviously, it's got the word disease on the end. That can be quite frightening, but what mm. is severs? Yeah, so it's a, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a term that's said with a bit of, I guess, trepidation around junior sporting clubs, footy clubs and netball clubs. Um, and just in regards to the number of cases we're seeing, uh, severs is a condition that causes heel pain in children, usually aged between 8 to 14, um, more often than not in the more active demographic. Um, kids that play a fair bit of sport, we get lots of kids in here that I think they may have one rest day through through the yeah. week. Um, and they, they usually have had a bit of a growth spurt lately too. Um, so when they are brought into the clinic, the parents usually comment that the child complains about having sore heels, if not during the sporting event, towards the end of it or certainly afterwards, just when the activity has finished. They may just say, like, well, by the third quarter, little Billy couldn't run after the ball and demanded to go off the ground, which is very unlike him. Or, you know, little Tessa, she was doing a cross-country event, was fine during it, but once she got home, just is on her tippy-toes the next hour. Um, so, yeah, that, it's, it's fairly common in that regard. Mm. It's um, And it's quite debilitating too, isn't it? Especially if kids are playing a couple of different sports, as you said, and no rest time. So it mm. might be playing football and basketball and that's a lot of um, pressure going through the feet. Exactly right. Exactly. I was, this is a bit anecdotal, but I reckon I was about 10 when I had it and it is a shocking pain. Mm. Um, I remember it clearly. Yeah. It was people talk about having a bruise heel, but it's a very hollow bruise heel. It doesn't feel like you've got enough support or... Um, it just doesn't feel like you have any cushioning under your heel and it's horrible. So um, I do have a lot of empathy for the kids coming through with it. Yeah. Mm. It's good that you can understand it as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not just a clinical clinical approach. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I, I think it makes you a better pra- uh, practitioner overall if, you, um, if you've had some of these injuries. So you, we need to injure a few more practitioners, is that what you're saying? You had, you had Rick on the show, what was it, a week ago or yeah. two weeks ago? He, he's had more injuries than anyone. I think that's why he's such a great practitioner. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> All right, so talk to us about the terminology. Why, yeah. is, why is that important? So you touched on it just before, um, and now that we know what severs is, we really shouldn't use the word severs because, and I think this is one of the most important points of this podcast, um, it was named after James Warren Sever, 
who first um, described the condition in 1912. So it's, it's not a new problem. Same year the Titanic sunk, actually. <laughs> not that they're related. Do they have sore feet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe sore well, arms. <laughs> also, also SB South Melbourne, if any podcast <laughs> listeners are doing Zoom trivia later on today. Anyway, uh, with Google, if you do Google severs, you will see it labelled Sever's disease. Now, that is horrible. It's not a disease. It's a fear-inducing, nocebic word. Uh, it can only lead to the child catastrophizing about their condition, a lot of apprehension about resuming sport. If their child hears that the cause of this heel pain is a disease, they immediately, um, well, they think their foot's going to drop off at any minute, mm. which, which is not the case. Um, so the actual medical term for it is calcaneal apophysitis, which not many kids can get their mouth around either. So I usually just go with heel pain or foot soreness. Um, more often than not, it's just about getting the point across that they will definitely get better. And for the purpose of this podcast, though, I will use the term service just for a bit of continuity, but um, we really should get out of the, the method of using, and not just with this, but using fear-inducing words mm. with medicine because language does matter. Yeah. Um, very, very much so. Just, I suppose with severs, I think of it as a child injury as yep. opposed to adults that get heel pain. Exactly it. Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's that 8 to 14 demographic, the sporty kids, had a bit of a growth spurt. Um, and it's funny, more often than not, I won't need to describe what severs is, as in the parent or the child. They'll have so many in their little sport club that already had severs. Yeah. They come in and tell me yeah. about it. <laughs> so um, it's more about saying, okay, yeah, let's use, or even I've used, let's use severs incident or heel incident yeah. rather than just severs disease. Um, and how I explain it to a child, and I think this is one of the, I guess, the main points, because after all, we are treating the child, mm. not, the, not the parent. I always explain that their foot is like Lego blocks. Um, their heel bone is in two segments rather than one large bone, one heel bone like adults have. As they grow throughout their adolescence, these two bones will fuse. They'll come together. But unfortunately, where Severs comes in, when they play sport, their Achilles tendon is pulling on that growth plate and plus they're copying impact forces from underneath from the playing surface. And so that's a lot of load for the developing heel bone. So with the Achilles pulling at it, and the ground hitting it, these Lego blocks aren't having a good time coming together. I, I also try and explain to them that more often than not, although it happens in 8 to 14-year-olds, typically the 8 to 10-year-old patients that come in are usually female, whereas with boys it happens a bit later, more 10 to 14. Um, is that because that's when they grow? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the boys are still usually quite short and then all of a sudden take off later. Exactly. I think current research says boys keep growing until they're 21, which... See the colour drain from your face, people. It's talking about your young <laughs> yeah, boys. I'm done. Yeah, that's it. That's a lot. But of I'm shoe saying sizes. that this 10 to 14 age group, one of mine, mm. um, that was what his problem was last year, mm. and and he did have a massive growth spurt, mm. but he's 16. 16, yeah. And, he's, and his growth plates still hadn't fused together, and yeah, yep. so. I've, I've, I've even, yeah, absolutely. That's horrible. You, you like to give them a reassurance that's done. Yeah. 14, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you it ticked uh, off on the calendar. <laughs> that's it. You count down. I've had seven-year-olds, six-year-olds come in who are doing um, gymnastics, uh, ballet, and then they back it up with a bit of cross-country. Yeah. And you think, Severs, you shouldn't be having this yet. And yep. yet they do. It's, it's horrible. Um, with diagnosing it, um, and this is where... It's great because it's one of those conditions that does rely on clinical science. 
Um, being a condition that affects young people, they're usually very vague with how they describe their pain. They usually point to Just an area. Grunt, grunt yeah, <laughs> grunting, single words. They usually point to sore foot and some area below their knee. Um, but the diagnosis is more achieved with clinical palpation in the area. So um, you can give the heel a bit of a squeeze. It goes off um, palpation techniques. Also, when performing gait assessment, you can see the patient hesitant to put their full weight on their heel. Or sometimes if they even if they do have a heel contact phase when they're walking, it's very, very brief. They want to get off it as quickly as possible. Um, also, a common occurrence of these appointments is that we see parents come in with a, a bootload full of x-rays um, that the child has done previously to GP or another specialist. Um, these x-rays don't tell us much, though. Um, for this current condition, they're not great diagnostic method. They show clearly whether the growth plate is open or closed, mm. but that doesn't correlate well with the pain that they're having. So if you have a 10-year-old child who has foot x-rays and they've never had severs before in their life, you're going to see the growth plate open. Yeah, because they're age. Exactly. Yeah. If you have a 10-year-old kid who's had a horrible 12 months of severs, their growth plate's going to be open, but yeah. it doesn't tell you much else other than that. For me, the only time I refer for imaging in these sorts of cases is when their medical history doesn't line up with severs and I suspect something else is going on there. Um, that there are more sinister injuries, which are quite rare, like stress fractures of the heel, bony cysts, tumours, things like that, which we, we do see but they're very rare. Mm-hmm. Usually you can detect that in the questioning of the patient before you even get to the palpation that something's amiss. Yep. But that's usually the only time we'd go for imaging. So. It's interesting, yeah, that the growth plates just really tell you whether they're still growing or not. So, That's it. Yeah. Does, when you use the word injury, so do you think of severs as an injury? I do. Okay. I do. Um, and I think with injury, it, I mean, it does validate the child. Yeah. They're not making it up, you know. No. But I mean because it's not an incident that caused it. Yeah, so I think of it more as an overuse. Yeah, okay, yep. So we, we've spoken about overuse uh, injuries last time yeah. I was on, um, and I think this is the same. Usually there's excessive amount of load through the heel. Yep. It's also being overused by the sheer amount of growth that is going on. So I even heard once someone say I, they handle it like a stress fracture, as in they immobilise it for a period of time. Yep. They slowly increase the load through it again. And I thought it's it's not accurate, but it's a good way to think about mm. it. Yep. Mm. When you're trying to compare it to something else. That's yeah. it. Yep. And analogies do help in medicine. So how do you manage it then? What's the what's your style of management? And is there only one style? Yeah, well, it's, it's good that... With this and the point we like to get across to kids and their parents, and parents definitely, because it is distressing seeing your kid in pain, um, it is a self-limiting condition. So that means time Mm. will fix it. It is one of the great things to treat in here because the prognosis is excellent. You Mm. can actually say with absolute confidence this is going to get better. Our job as clinicians is just to make them comfortable through that time and try and participate in as much sport as they can in that time. I was going to say, because they don't want to give up this sport. No. Yeah. No. Did you find that? Yeah. <laughs> well, they just feel left out then. It's like any injury, doesn't yeah. it? You know, they they um, they try and push through it, which makes it worse because they're not resting, mm. um, and then they feel left out if they're not playing. Well, we all know that's a social thing, yeah. sport. At yeah. junior clubs, you that's know. what it's all about. I was never up. I think I was a great back pocket, as in I'd get my two disposals a game and that was it. But the the mates I made and yeah. the fun you had on the, along the way, you don't want to miss out, no. miss out on that. Yeah. So the clinician needs to get them back in sport and within reason, maybe we skip a training session here, maybe we don't do school cross-country because we've got lightning premiership 
on the weekend and we just give and take that way. So the sport, it's important to keep playing. Um, current, current evidence um, and one of the ways we make the child comfortable and there's been it's, – it's fantastic because there's been a lot of evidence on severs or heel pain in kids – um, there's been a few Melbourne podiatrists, um, Kylie Williams and Alicia James, who work locally, um, that show by adding heel lifts to a child's footwear, we can help reduce the pain. And it's always nice to be able to offer that to a parent or a child because I think here they cost six bucks. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and it does get rid of that fear because usually with um, parents, we, you know, their school fees, their registration fees, you child's in pain, you want to get them back, you're worried, am I going to be forking out for splints and exercise programs? Is it going to cost me hundreds of hundreds? Mm. You give them a $6 heel lift and they think, oh, actually, I can pull up okay from sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic first-line first, first line treatment. Um, the, the way where it's thought that a heel lift works is, one, it reduces the pull of the Achilles, so the force going through the Achilles, I should say. Uh, so if you're... Thinking about the Achilles, its only action is to pull the heel off the ground. Mm. If you put a lift under there, it's jobs. Halfway there. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're six mil better off in the right direction. Um, and it also adds another barrier between the heel and the floor. All right. So it does have a bit of a shock attenuation um, benefit too. Um, you're never going to be worse off for putting a pair of heel lifts in a shoe. So do that as a first-line treatment always because uh, it's amazing the difference it does have. Uh, we also want to look at the child's shoes uh, and make sure they're running around in something that's quite structured and not too worn and compressed. Something that we can place these heel lifts in and be confident can stand up to the, the rigours of their sport, whether that's um, netball, gymnastics, whatever it is. Um, a lot of that training can be just improved with a mm. good shoe. It's interesting, that one, because kids often want the trendy Good-looking shoe, but it might not be the right one where they've got this pain. I have a harder time convincing <laughs> children to get into a good shoe rather than adults. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Good look good when you're out there. I think there's been a great push in – I think you'd best describe them as casual shoes or casual runners. Yeah. The, the pair that you can run, uh, you know, wear down to the local shops or go see a friend, but you wouldn't go running in. Yeah. And there's so many of them out there. <laughs> and they have a nice tick on the side or a yeah, good logo. Um, but do very little to help. Yep. And you even see you put a heel lift in there and you can see the heel coming out of the shoe mm. as they're walking out the door. It's, yeah. it's better to get something <laughs> a bit more structured. So we do have a talk to the parent and the child about their runners. Um, in stubborn severs cases, we can also look at the child's foot mechanics. If their foot's rolling in excessively, um, we can further reduce the load in the Achilles by adding an, an orthotic. Um, most of the time, and as I mentioned in the last podcast, I always like to try and off the shelfer yeah. simply because they're growing so much. I'd love to get more than 12 months out of an orthotic and sometimes that doesn't no, doesn't work. Not in those age groups. No. Yeah. No. How, how many times have parents who buy a set of shoes in January, they're done yeah. by June, Yeah. go again. So just something, and I always attach a heel lift onto it. It all comes back down to that. Um, just just giving them some sort of, I don't know, an arsenal to, to, to go through their sport quite nicely. Um, icing can provide some short-term symptom relief, uh, usually after exercise, but doesn't have much evidence just for this current condition. Um, but but also, they're not going to no harm in mm. doing it. Yep. 
I know a lot of kids come in with stretches to treat their severs pain. Um, they'll have their set of pages and pages of calf, foot and hamstring stretches. There's been quite a bit of research that shows it doesn't help this particular problem. Um, and, I mean, again, if a child finds some measure of symptom relief with it and they're very happy doing it, there's no harm in doing it. But the consistent evidence with stretching shows that it doesn't really help with the calf and, and, and the Achilles in treating severs. Is that the same with the foam roller, like rolling out? and? Yeah, things like that. Because they're growing at a certain rate, they're always going to have a bit of a tight calf anyway, yep. um, just because of the sheer growth they're going through. Uh, that is just with uh, skeletal development. So they can do it by all means if they're getting some symptom relief because pain mm. is subjective. Yeah. If, yeah. if they find it works for them, fantastic. But oh, it probably wouldn't be my first line treatment yep. when managing it. Uh, all these, again, all these treatments are just designed to make the child comfortable and get back playing sport as quickly as possible. So is there a time frame on it? Or is that, again... It, it, Dependent on the child. Yeah, and when their growth phase comes in, I like to think with most quick and stand um, treatments like heel lifts and and load management, you can get the pain reduced in a couple, you know, a few weeks. But to have an actual proper fix, it'll be when the growth plate is fused. They can have severs when they're ten years age, and they have a really bad couple months of it, and then although the growth plate's open. They don't really have a reoccurrence of symptoms until they're, you know, until it's all completely fused and fine. So it's just about managing these flare-ups. Another common way is when you have, you do deal with the severs and it's, oh, you know, haven't had that in years. And then they do a back-to-back cross-country carnival that's, you know, four running events in a single day. Oh, that heel pain's back again. Yeah. Get back <clears> in your lifts, get your good shoes on, don't go barefoot around the house. And yeah, you just, yeah, you become a bit complacent, don't they, because they haven't got it. That's it. So, yeah. If you haven't had pain, what's yeah. what's the issue? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it is one of those we've got to remember it. Um, so although you can manage flare-ups when they happen, the 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 great relief from it comes when the bone is fused. Uh, I think with if we're looking at the, today's podcast and just a few takeaways, uh, really to to think about, and I hope the listeners got out of it, is that don't use the term severs disease. And as we've discussed, language really matters in medicine and can be the difference with how a person views themselves and their body. If you are fearful or even embarrassed of your affliction, you'll have a hard time resuming your normal duties or the sport once the tissue settles. It's the difference between feeling like a person compared to feeling like the patient Mm. all the time. Uh, A medical facility or a clinical room can be very sterile sometimes frightening, even though ours is lovely and warm <laughs> and terrific. Uh, so words thrown around that in that consult can be the difference. Um, parents can ask, you know, is there something wrong with my child? And it's always with the child listening, absolutely not. This is an inflammation. Well, it's not an inflammation, but it is a short-term pain. We need to manage this flare-up. They're going to be fine. And I think I like what you said too, that you – at the end of the day, you're treating the child. So mm. it's important to actually talk to the child and use words that the child understands. Yeah. And yes, the parent's there to hear it and facilitate that conversation when they leave. Mm. But there's nothing worse when someone talks to the adult and the child 100% is, understands what's going on. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not silly. They are not they're, silly. Yeah. Yeah. And they know that, and a lot of them, I lost count of the amount of kids in my room that have a phone. Yeah. As in, <laughs> if you don't tell them the truth or. Yeah. or 
don't engage with them that console, they're on Google yeah. straight afterwards. So yeah. you might as well get rid of all that fear in the room itself. Yep. Kids are very <laughs> <laughs> I had Snake on my phone. I got it when I was about 15. <laughs> that was the that was the cutting-edge technology back then. Yes, things have changed, that's things, for sure. <laughs> things have changed. Uh, again, calcaneal, the second thing, calcaneal apophysitis is a self-limiting condition. The growth plate is going to fuse in time and time is the fix. As I said, the, our job as clinicians is just make the child comfortable and be able to run on the playground with their friends, go back and be active and just really enjoy being a kid and not having to worry about their heel all the time. Yes, it may not be um, a long-term fix. You may have to manage these flare-ups as they come across, but as long as you keep reassuring, you're going to be fine. It, it's, it goes a long way. And just the third thing, the, the child is the patient. So as we said, the, they are your primary focus. Um, but just always bear in mind that Severs does affect the whole family. Um, as a new parent, I can yes. say that. As a, <laughs> as a new parent, I'm now grasping at how distressing seeing your kid in tears is. Um, yeah. Fortunately, my, my initial worry is they've either... Uh, I need to feed them or, uh, or they, they need a nappy change. They need a nappy change. They're not actually in pain like these these kids are. So, um, But it is distressing and I know there's a lot of parents that come in um, and they're horrified seeing their, their once very confident and healthy, active kid who's doing all these sports and loving it to now not wanting to go to training. Mm. They don't want to actually go on the field. They're in tears after they do it and it is really distressing. Um, so, yes, we are treating the child we are managing their growth plate, we're talking to them, but always be mindful that the, the effect it can have on their parents. So reassurance is key. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sam. It's it's really great to talk to you and your knowledge is fantastic. And as you said at the start, go down to any local football club, basketball club, netball club and ask how many kids have, you know, had this pain and yeah. most are going to put their hands up at some point it's in time. It's a good show of hands so, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thanks for sharing your knowledge and how um, we can best manage it. Thanks so much for having me, Pip. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.